Welcome to Bud Pod Bonus Pod One for One. Bonus Pod. You've gone up to the shopkeeper. You've said, "Where is the bonus pod?" He said, "Nothing." He walks out from behind the counter <laughs> to the door, locks it, pulls down a blind. Now you're in darkness, well, relative darkness. He turns to you and says, follow me. You follow him to the back of the shop. He opens up a secret door down a small, narrow flight of stairs. And there we are, sat waiting for you. Welcome to Bonus Pod. <laughs> I love that. And the shopkeeper is, uh, you know, Marjorie or someone. <laughs> yes. Yes, we, we've, we've opened a, a fresh bottle of Lucky Kentucky and we're pouring you a tumbler. That's right. Yes, exactly. Ice cold, delicious, and just smooth jazz playing in the background. Live jazz sets in the evening from people like Brown Squiggle. All the hits and all the greats. It's the hottest night spot in town. Um, and we it have... certainly is. Some excellent uh, people on board. We actually have a little bit of prestige uh, priority correspondence, Phil. Do we already? Well, sort of. A little bit. A little bit. Okay. Uh, so, it is from Jack. Jack, you're making history now with our first prestige correspondence. Well, it's not the first time, Phil, that Jack has made history. Wow. Gosh, there, there. Some, you know, some are born to make history. Some have history thrust upon them. <laughs> yes. So Jack says, "Well, well, well. If it isn't Shatman and Robin." <laughs> uh, Very nice. Good. Lovely. Uh, delighted to be here. He says, uh, referring, of course, to the VIP area with its white, clean <laughs> seats. Uh, Thank you for coming. We're yes. glad you found the way in. I hope uh, it wasn't too difficult. <laughs> Cigar? I hope those goons at the door didn't rough you up some, but we must have rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, actual founding farter from the very first belly rumble to today's fully fledged putron. Wow, amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And this is a nice, bit of, a nice bit of acting he does here. Credentials, you say? <laughs> as if we've narrowed our eyes and said prove it <laughs> yes show yeah. us your creds credentials you your say papers. oh I invented Koji <gasps> wow the bar goes oh. silent oh my gosh as in as in the abbreviation as in he was the first person I think to end the email with, with keep on jacking it Gosh, yeah, that is, that is pistry. That's pistry in the making. It's a piece of pistry. Wow, I invented Koji. Yeah. Gosh. So he says, I invented Koji dot dot dot, which I plan to trademark and take you for everything you've got. <laughs> <laughs> Much praise redacted, your faithful butler, Jack. Koji, TM. <laughs> Wait, so... I, it's only just struck me that the person who created "keep on jacking it" as a phrase was is called Jack. Of course, yes, vain, a vain man. 
he has kept Jack in it. It <gasps> being the legacy of this podcast. My God. They say that if you look and study hard enough, you can see patterns like this in history. <laughs> well, history repeats itself, of course. That's right. First, first is tragedy, second is farce. And history is written by the winners, and Jack is one of history's greatest winners. <laughs> That's right. And he's got a big old pen full of piss, and he's writing away. <laughs> um, Phil, I have a very important question for you. Mm. Your preferred, or I, mean, I, want, I want to hear your preferred Christmas treat, and then... Your most Christmassy treat. I'm saying that they could be separate. Okay, my mo- my preferred Christmas treat and yeah. my most Christmas treat. My preferred Christmas treat is something that my my dear old mother makes, and she makes it every Christmas. And it's um walnuts fried in brown sugar. Really. And it's like, so it's like walnuts covered in this caramelized brown sugar glaze. Gosh, that is something that a dear old mother would make. It's salty and it's sweet and it's warm and it's sticky and it's sensational. God damn. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, God mm -hmm. damn you, Phil Wang. I thought that I knew your Christmas traditions, read the snails, but there was more. There's more. There's more snails and nuts, nuts and snails. If it's in a shell, we're eating it. Come Yuletide, Pierre. <laughs> You're safe in there, we whisper to the walnuts and the snails, until December 25th. <laughs> Your family finds nothing Christmassier than destro- de- just completely destroying the hubris of nature. Yes. <laughs> You only eat animals that were certain that they would not be eaten. So no turkeys, nothing domesticated. No turkey. Nope. Lots of snails, lots of uh, oysters and yep. uh, mussels. Yep. Walnuts, pistachios. Yep. Hermit crabs. Yep. Um, and uh, anything from a shell garage. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Pack of Haribos. Yep. Um, ten liters of diesel. <laughs> uh, all very Christmas seat for us. <laughs> Five packets of fags. <laughs> and so that's your favorite one. Is that the most Christmassy as well? Or can you acknowledge that something is actually nominally Christmassier? I guess Christmassier might be the Christmas pudding that we set alight with brandy and then immediately throw into the bin. Because no one likes Christmas pudding I have grown to love it over the years Interesting I used to hate it because I thought it just tasted like burnt fruit But now I love it because I think it tastes like burnt fruit (laughs) And that's called growing up It's called being a goddamn adult Why do you think that is? And how, how recently has this happened? And was it a sudden change or gradual? I think I remember a transitional stage where I ate some and I sort of custarded the fuck out of it. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, oh, with lots of custard, I can actually appreciate the the different uh, elements of the burnt fruits, I suppose. And I had to eat it out of politeness. That's why I was bothering at all. Mm-hmm. There was some mm-hmm. scenario in which if I, if I was seen to not in, eat and enjoy my 
fucking Christmas pudding, I it would have been a thing. So I just did it. And then I think, yeah, I just, uh, your tastes change as you get older and you quite like the sort of bitterness and stuff that's too sweet or too easy. You, uh, you move away from Phil. You, you, you embrace difficulty, don't you, as you get older? Yeah, that's right. You get, you get jaded with um, the accessible foods and you'll eat something that punishes you a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Steps on your balls, whips your back. <laughs> yes, you go, well, of course I can eat a bowl of ice cream, but where's the where's the fisting sort of element to it? <laughs> yeah, where's the jeopardy? Where's where's the pit bit that could lose me my job if I ever came out? Where's that? This, <laughs> this lemon tart isn't tying me to a cross at all. <laughs> It's just jacking me off. <laughs> um, interesting. So, okay, so you've come around to the Christmas pud. I yeah. like it. I don't mind it slathered in uh, cream and brandy butter. I have to say, mm. I don't. I don't hate it. But but it is certainly there more for the spectacle than for anything else. Yes. Um, what about you? What are your favorite and then most festive Christmas treats? I think I think the old uh, the old mince pie is up there for favorite uh for most Christmassy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. For most Christmassy, I'm going to say probably just the mince pie for sheer for sheer legacy power. Yep. I have and a story a- about a mince pie when I was um when I was very young, my mother made us all she, her favorite thing to do when we were young was made a, make us terrified of disease and <laughs> <laughs> and there was the mad cow disease was running rampant. Well, not running rampant, but it was in its at its zenith. And oh, mad, yeah. no one else in the world cared about mad cow disease, but it was all my mother ever talked about. So we didn't eat beef at home. Oh, my um, Lord. We didn't eat sweets that had beef gelatin in them. We wouldn't touch anything that had any beef in them. And I remember being in the UK and being in England and having my first few mince pies. Um... And then uh, someone I heard someone say that mince pies are full of mince meat, and I didn't I didn't clock them that mince meat is one of these crazy English words that yeah. means of course there's no actual meat in it why would that be the case yes it's just raisins and gloop but at the yeah. time I was a kid I trusted um, institutions and so I thought oh, oh there's meat in it oh my god have I been eating have I been eating sweet beef and I remember. <laughs> I was, I was. That's such a funny phrase. Have I been eating sweet beef? <laughs> and I was in. We went on like a, a choo-choo train ride, like a, an old steam train ride somewhere in England, and it was all lovely. And we, me and a couple other little kids were invited up to the front with the the train engineer to show us how he drove the train. It was really exciting. And as he was showing us all the the the, the buttons and the dials, um, a sort of elf Santa's helper came over and said to him very cheerfully, would you like a mince pie? And he said, yeah. oh, yes, please. And she handed him a mince pie. And I watched this mince pie go over to him in slow motion, knowing <laughs> there was mince meat in there, and therefore mad cow disease-infused beef. <laughs> and I instantly asked to be taken off the train. <laughs> I was like, get me off, get me off, get me off. I was like, take me out now. Because I, I thought he was going to bite into this mince pie Eat deranged mad cow beef and go crazy and murder us all. <laughs> and so I said to the lady who just handed him the mint pie, "Get me out! Get me out! Take me down!" And I was, I was like, 
It must have been like six or something. I was like, get me help, help, because it's too high for me to climb down myself. I had to be lifted down. So I like, get help, let me down, let me down, let me down. And I made her take me again. And I wouldn't explain why, because I thought that you? would just, I thought that would just enrage the soon to be mad man further. Um, so I just said, get me down. I can't explain. I can't explain. Just get me down. I'll tell you later. Just get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrifying world what a lot of then. stuff for a kid to have to explain <laughs> so many layers he's just had mince pie mad cow disease he turns you crazy you don't understand there's mince meat in the pies it's there's sweet beef meat in the pies it's sweet beef <laughs> it's sweet beef it's a re- it was a real soylent green as people moment yes yes of yeah. course <laughs> Oh my god, that is amazing! And so, presumably, at some point, you had to explain to your mother what she had done to your brain. Ironically, she drove us mad with her paranoia about mad cow disease. Yes, yeah. maybe that was the real <laughs> mad cow disease all along. The mad cow disease was in us the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> the mad cow disease was the friends we made along the way. Yes, I I remember. I remember there were people at school who whose parents actually you know what I'm pretty sure it was someone whose one of their parents was a doctor who wouldn't eat Harry and things couldn't wasn't allowed to. Even now, if I'm if I'm presented with the option of having something beef related, I I hesitate. Really, gosh. Yeah, I I feel a bit like I I like I'm a bit scared to eat it. I love I love the idea that as a six year old you were on this <laughs> fantastic train and you thought you'd personally witnessed. <laughs> You'd personally witnessed Father Christmas, e.g. the most important magical man in the world, being handed poison by an elf. Um, I, don't, I don't think he himself was Santa. He was just like a jolly train engineer. Oh, so he was like a kind of Tom Hanks Polar Express guy. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Who I was more than happy to let die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you thought... You thought Tom Hanks from Polar Express was about to essentially get the rage virus from Twenty Eight Days Later? <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, that's what. Spr- and then just drive, take take the train controls and drive us off into a, a ravine. We just sprint ah, just down like, the ah, train, ah, slashing ah, the throats out of kids. Ah, ah, I'm taking all with me. Ah. Doing, doing that horrible run where the arms move loads and the knees go really high. <laughs> down the train just like slashing at people hot chocolate still kind of kind of saying the song hot chocolate from polar express as he eats children's heads that's um that's an ast- that's an astonishing memory and i wouldn't say this on the normal podcast field but because we're here in the basement uh of the vip area i reckon that need that's that's got to be a bit that's so funny Really? Do you think? Well, it could be such a it could be a whole bit about like childhood anxieties, like your the stuff your parents make you anxious about. And absolutely, yeah. I'm really bad at telling stories. I feel on stage. I'm really bad at telling like stories about things that are, like like happen well, to have, that have happened to me. Can I shock you, Phil? Yeah, you just did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, I mean, like, this is, yeah, I don't know, this is a very different context. I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'll give it a go, I'll give it a go. It's really funny, man. Anyway.
poopy James Bond. It's poopy poopy James Bond. It's poopy poopy James Bond. It's James Bond, but he's poopy. It's poopy poopy James Bond. It's James Bond. It's normal James Bond, but it's more poopy. It's poopy James Bond. It's poopy James Bond, but it's poopy. The name's Bond. Poopy James Bond. Uh, yes, bartender, I'll have a martini. Shaken, not stirred. And with a little piece of poop in it. For me, poopy James Bond. Brang! Oh! Poopy galore. <laughs> you look beautiful tonight. Is that dress made of poop? Why, yes, it is, James. Thank you for noticing. Please, James was my father's name. Call me Poopy James Bond. Poopy James Bond. <gasps> it's Odd Jobby. He's got a wearing. He's got a hat made of poop, and he flings it, and it, it cuts you. Yes, you thought you'd run away from me, huh? Well, how about this? <laughs> ah, it didn't hurt me because it was made entirely of poop and had no structural rigidity and could not hurt me. There, I just shot our jobby. And so ends another adventure for Poopy James Bond. Your martini, sir. Thank you. Poopy James Bond is poopy, poopy James Bond is James on Buddy's poopy. It's poopy, poopy James Bond is poopy, James Bond. Poopy, written by Phoebe Wallerbridge. <laughs> trying to think like the closest thing to that my i remember my dad telling me a story about how um in south africa so so mince pies are as you correctly point out an astonishingly british thing right mm. Mm. um and uh my dad worked in south africa with people who are Af- afrikaans um so more descended from the people who who um settled in south africa from the netherlands often for sort of religious reasons. So it's just a different culture, right? And the Netherlands doesn't have mince pies. And mm. so the Afrikaners in South Africa certainly didn't at the time. This this is a, a few decades ago now. And they sent someone out. They're having the office Christmas party and they sent an Afrikaans... They said to the one of the Afrikaans guys like, oh, could you just go out and get some mince pies? Mm. And the guy was like, mince pies? And they were like, yeah. And he was like, okay. <laughs> And he came back with these, like, he came back in, like, after, like, two or three hours with this <laughs> bag of, like, raw meat pies. And he was like, I went to all the butchers and supermarkets and stuff, but no one said, like, he was imagining, like, kind of a bolognese pie or something. Like <laughs> I, mean, I mean, completely fair. It does sound exactly like a bolognese pie. Yeah, absolutely fair. I still, I, I'm never... Did, and imagine trying, like, to, trying to explain... No, you idiot! Not a pie. Of, uh, no, the pie's full of minced meat. You just brought us pies full of minced meat. Yeah, don't you know that minced meat, in the context of pies, is three types of raisin boiled with niche sugars and lemon peel or what, orange stupid? peel? Very simple. Is this Not is it like a legacy? Meat. Minced meat. Is it like a legacy of that medieval thing where they were like, the puddings are like savory courses, like a big marzipan turkey and stuff, you know? Well, was it the case that the, like the original mince pies did actually have like little bits of meat in them? 
Oh, maybe. And they started to replace it as a kind of festive treat joke thing. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Or maybe, yeah. Yeah, or maybe meat just got really expensive on here. Supply yeah, chain someone, issues. <laughs> someone was sat in a bakery going, meat's more expensive than raisins these days. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a fucking second. Sweet uh-huh. beef, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet beef, I've got it. <laughs> um, favorite Christmas treat? I I'm gonna say. Oof, I don't know. I I Ferrero Rocher, nice Phil. Oh, good shout! That's a really good shout. That's something you forget about. That's some, that's a Christmas treat I forget about every year until Christmas happens. Yeah, and I go, oh yeah, of course, Ferrero Rochers. The loveliest part of the day. Imagine the champagne buying, of chocolates. Yeah. Imagine buying Ferrero Rocher in July. I didn't I I don't even think they sell them in July, do they? They shouldn't. <laughs> if they do, they shouldn't. They, I, in my mind they shut down the factories on Boxing Day and don't open up again until December twelfth. Yeah, the Ferrero Rocher factory is run on the same labor terms as Santa's elf factory. Mm-hmm. Well, the delivery system, I suppose. I suppose that maybe they're making it the whole year. Um, yeah, Ferrero Rocher, nice. Uh, Christmas pudding, mince pies. Uh, um, I suppose we're not counting... Well, you know what? If we're going to count treats, it's not necessarily a treat. It's a trimming, but maybe it's a maybe it's the treat of the trimming world, Phil. Pigs and blankets. Yeah, yeah. Pigs and blankets is floating around my mind the Oof. last 20 minutes. Yeah, love it. Deli- I, delightful. Sometimes and you the see ones that soak up, the ones that you cook with the the turkey, and it soaks up all the gravy in that. It soaks everything up, all the 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 herbs and the garlic and the sauces and the juices. Mm-hmm. Damn. Sometimes, Phil, you'll see a version of pigs and blankets for sale, and it's got cheese involved. Ooh, like right down the middle. Yeah, or or hidden in there in some capacity, and you just think, you know. Humanity has no shame before the face of God. It's too much. You want to point at it and say, it's too much. We are <laughs> we, we are begging for the wrath of God with such a display. We are meant to fear God, not play God. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um. <laughs> to put... To put the cream of a cow into the meat of the pig, it is not right. It is an offence unto Christ, and it is Christ's mass. It is Christ's mass. It's a birthday boy. A pig in a blanket for the birthday boy. Yeah, the the a pig in a blanket, probably the least kosher slash halal food. Yes. Yes, tuck that pig in. Yeah, to its own flesh, like a kangaroo. <laughs> Least favorite Christmas thing, Phil? I think the, my, the reason I want to talk about Christmas is because I think that if we talk about Christmas, it'll make me feel Christmassy as early as I'd feel Christmassy as when I was a boy, and do the same for our listeners. Yes, yes, it is a, it's, it does feel nice to feel Christmassy. I know that's probably a trite thing to say these days but it feels good it feels comfy and snuggly yeah exactly and, and hopeful 
And I think as you get older, you have to kind of kickstart the old motorbike engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yourself. Um, I would say, oof, I don't know, shit is part of Christmas. When when you're disappointed with the the, yeah, maybe it's as you get older as well. You get disappointed with the festive television. Yeah. Like it's yeah, a, I mean. We a special watch, episode like, of a sitcom that you don't respect. <laughs> do you watch this Queen's Speech? You do, don't you? I'll, I'll always keep my peepers on the Queen's Peach. Yeah, <laughs> that Queen's Sweet Peach. Yeah. I wonder if she'll do one this year. Yeah, she's all um, tired, in quotation marks. She's very tired on account of being really fucking old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Completely fair. She's very old. Do you think she'll make it to Platinum Jubilee? Is that the goal? When is Platinum Jubilee? 100? Like, March or something? Or It's in a few months. How many, how many years is Platinum Jubilee? Platinum's a lot. I don't know if anyone else has ever made it to Platinum because she's already beaten Victoria's record. Gosh. She's beaten the shit out of Vicky. She's fucked her over completely. Sorry, Vicky. There's Platinum a new queen in town. 70 years. Whoa. Oh, gosh. Pierre, that's oh, our, our entire life. Live that again. And you're still a decade short of how long she has done one job. Yeah, 70 years as a queen. I mean, fucking hell. Man, oh man. Has anyone else ever done a Platinum Jubilees? Surely. Well, if she's already the longest-serving monarch, then no. Oh, you mean anywhere else in the world? Yeah, like some crazy, you know, Mughal emperor or something that we haven't heard of. Yes, yes. And I don't count semi-mythical biblical ones, Phil. You know that. Yes, because, like, Bethlehemazor lived for 2,000 years or whatever. Yeah. There'll, there'll be there's so many kings in the Old Testament who like live to be three three hundred, right? Yeah, exactly. And you sort of think, okay, come on now. Longest. I've got it in front of me. Don't look. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna make you guess. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, amazingly, Phil. Lizzie is fourth place at the moment. <gasps> wow! In history. Hmm. Fourth place but for verifiable. Top for uh, UK. Yes, exactly. For something that we can be, that we can be sure of. Um, and so, the the other three are they people I have heard of or would know about? Um, you've heard of one of them. Okay. I would say. Um, so in third place, uh, uh, we have uh, someone who's reigned for 70 years and 91 days, and that's Johan II of where? Johan II mm. of Bavaria. You're in the right sort of area. Prussia. Oh, oh no, I mean, you're literally in the right sort of area with Bavaria. Think Alps. Oh. oh. Think Niche. Alps. Switzerland. Nisha. Luxembourg. Is that... You're thinking of the right one. It's just that it's not Luxembourg. It's Liechtenstein. Ah! 
Ah, Licky. I always forget Licky. It was all Licky. Johan II was the goddamn Prince of Licky for 70 years and 91 days. Wow, when was he kicking around? 1858 to 1929. Pretty modern. Poopoo la la. la la, indeed. Um, okay, second place. Okay. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but I'm going to give it a bloody good go. Uh, it is Bumhibol Adulyadej. Hmm. Otherwise known as Rama the Ninth. Rama the Ninth. That's cool. I like Rama. Yeah. Rama the Ninth. Okay. Um, is this Africa? It is not. It is a country I think you've been to. Oh, what was his name again? Rama the Ninth or Bumipol... 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 God damn it. Adul Yadej. Adul Yadej? Yeah. South Asia? Yes, you're getting warmer. Um, <laughs> certainly more humid. Yeah. Gosh. I don't know, you know. Um, Ceylon. It's Thailand, baby. Thailand, okay. That's the king who of Thailand who who died in uh, 2016. Oh shit, really? Yeah, Rama. Wow. Rama the Ninth. Man, my royal knowledge is sweet. You'd be a terrible courtier. And numero uno. Numero uno. Weighing in at 72 years and 110 days. Reigning from the 14th of May, 1643 to the 1st of September, 1715. It is Louis XIV. Wow. Otherwise known as the Great, Louis the Great or the Sun King. Here come the Sun King. Yeah, I don't know if that's where they're singing of um, Beatles in Ab- Abbey Road. Do they sing "Here Comes the Sun King"? Yeah, "Here Comes the Sun King." Must be, must be. But oh, was all they were smoking so much ganja, <laughs> so much hoochie poochie. They had been puffing so much reefer. Who's to say what those hippies were on about? <laughs> Who's to say what those mo- that mopped up foursome from Liverpool? <laughs> they could even have found France on a map. <laughs> okay, Louis. Louis of France. Louis the Great. Louis the Sun King. The Screwy Louis. The original Screwy Louis. Or Louis the Fourteenth. That's right. That's right. And I would say, um, is is it where is it on the Louis line to sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it on the Louis line to sort of know a lot about kings and queens? Or is is the Louis line just anyone who is descendant from Louis the Fourteenth? Uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I wonder if he has living descendants. He must do. Surely, surely, unless they were all beheaded. They all got chopped to bits. Chopped to bits. Um, Louis the Fourteenth pieces, more like. Oh, ah. Yeah. Oh. Ah, 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 ah. I wonder if he did. Yeah, I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure. 72 years and he didn't pop out any little ones. Come on, Louie. He popped out a whole bunch, it looks like. But I don't know. I'd have to click through all the way to find out if he had descendants. Um, where Do you do you think uh, knowing loads about kings and queens is one of the, the, the uh, coolest uncool things? Hmm. It's definitely uncool. I don't think it's cool. I don't think it's cool in any way. Although I do wish I knew more about them. I I, I don't know any any royal history of anything. I don't know shit. And and not knowing about something, Pierre, is the least cool thing a person can do. That's true. There's nothing less cool than ignorance, kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. So talk to your teachers. Go to the library. There are no stupid questions. Only the questions you'd, you'd ask yourself on the bus ride home. That's the only stupid question. So ask, kids, ask your teachers about Screwy Louie, the 14th. Is that a, <laughs> is that a phrase? The, the only stupid questions are the questions you ask yourself on the bu- bus ride home? Yeah, I think it's a bit more succinctly put than that. The, the only stupid question is the one you ask yourself on the bus ride home. I think, or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great uh, little phrase. I've never heard that. I'm a big fan of that. Oh, well, there you go. That's my Christmas gift to you, Pierre. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> it's a phrase. Uh, um, well, I, I think that brings us to the end of our basement chat. It does. It does. I'm, I'm frantically seeing if I can click through and find any um, other descendants. There definitely are, because he had a shitload of kids and they all turned out to be kings and queens. Funny how people imitate their parents. Mm. Um, <laughs> so good for him, I suppose. But yes, that's the end of the basement chat. You, Thank you for listening, uh, Patreon uh, pod buds, uh, to the bonus yes. pod. It's You'll be now... shown back back to the door by Marjorie. Marjorie, yes, now... we're done in here. Thank now you. Now you just have to emerge blinking into the sunlight, shocked that it's now day. <laughs> <laughs> like like coming out of a cinema after a long movie. Yes, 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 yes. Cinema after a long movie, or um, a scene in a film, uh, or in a, an episode of Narcos. I think they did that, which is as, as if to illustrate the sheer decadence of the Mexican mafia, where you've already been watching them murder people for an hour, and they're like, and they stay up late. <laughs> Bad boys. Um, Okay, great. Well, yes, thank you, guys. And uh, spread the word. Convert some people to the Church of Naughty Little Boys and Girls. And uh, we will speak to you in private next week. Bye-bye. Enjoy. Bye.